Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. And next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about Gunspot is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. It's not a matter if it's a matter of when you visit their website. Be sure to do so at Gunspot.com. And while you're strapped up, saddle up in a new ride from Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online or on the lot. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mic'd Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And once you have that nicer, newer ride, at some point in time, you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. So get that taken care of right here at Downtown Lube. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. Visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Again, not a matter of if, a matter of when. You need the oil change and those tires serviced or your vehicle maintenance. Be sure to get that taken care of again right here in Joplin at Downtown Loop. And welcome into the show to the listeners. Appreciate you guys joining us. A lot of football to talk about today as we're going to get into some themes. We're going to wrap up the NFL season as we start to look towards the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to look at each division and the teams and kind of the theme of each division. Then we'll jump into some of our Award picks, what we're thinking, and then also uh, round out the show by looking at some of the games that are happening this weekend and a little bit of the news, uh, mainly the Lamar Jackson stuff that came out uh, really this this evening right before we started recording. But like I said, we are going to go through the divisions and look at it. Just give it a recap. Doing all 32 teams would probably take us a while. So we're going to do the divisions. Let's start with our division of our favorite team the Kansas City Chiefs, and the AFC West. For me, the theme of this season for the AFC West is that Patrick Mahomes is God. Tom Brady (laughs) can be the GOAT. But to watch Patrick Mahomes this season and the way he was able to play, and I I buy into the hype sometimes. I know a lot of Chief fans hate it when the Chargers get credit, the Raiders get credit, the Broncos get credit. We were giving all three of those teams a lot of credit in the offseason. And... I still think they do deserve a lot of credit. They looked really good. So like, I'll stand by my takes that they looked really good. The Chiefs just found a way to be better. And honestly, like it's pretty damn impressive what they did this season and what Patrick Mahomes did too. I know we're going to talk about him later a lot too, but even breaking some of the records that he did without Tyreek Hill there and a lot of the question marks that came along with that. But I, I thought that the AFC West was still a very strong division. Yeah. It's just the Broncos were mainly the letdown. And, I mean, me looking at the AFC West, I almost just kind of want to label it as, like, disappointing for all the other teams except for the Chiefs. I mean, maybe surprising should be the theme. Like, surprising the Chiefs were still as explosive, the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes putting up just studly numbers all season long. And, of course, the Chiefs won the division for the sixth straight season in a row. But then it's surprising that the Denver Broncos were so bad with, with the Russell Wilson coming in to lead the charge. Mm-hmm. It was surprising that the Chargers – were once again dealing with injuries throughout the season. They couldn't just get out of their own way at point in times, but now they find their way into the playoffs and possibly could make a run. And when you look at the Raiders, it's why in the world does Derek Carr have all these weapons? Have an offensive guru and Josh McDaniels as his head coach, and you can't successfully go score the ball 
throughout an entire four quarters of a game. You can't in the first quarter, but then once you get to the fourth quarter, it was like, well, hey, uh, we're just kind of stalling out here, and these teams have come back and put up points, and we can't score anymore, and now we've lost once again. Yeah, it's the Chargers. Like surprising that it just – you spend all this money for the success, and it just doesn't work out. The Chargers finished the season 10-7. and seven. The Raiders finished 6-11, and 11, and the Broncos finished – Five and twelve. The the Broncos the biggest disappointment on the season. I, I know both of us really thought that they were going to be a scary team and yeah. a lot to deal with, and I still think they can be. I just don't know if they can be with Russell Wilson, uh, but they're going to be stuck with him. And I do like a lot of the interviews that they're doing with the head coaches, but I do, I don't know if Russell Wilson can be fixed. I and I I usually jump off the train pretty quick with some of these guys. I'm off the Russell Wilson train. I don't know really where I'm at because, like, the athleticism is, is clearly not the same as what it was in Seattle five, six years ago. I mean, him getting out of the pocket and making plays and scrambling around, running these half circles, and then, boom, you throw off your back foot 40 yards downfield and your guy jumps up and catches it and then goes runs it for an end zone. Clearly was not happening this year in Denver. But at the same time, it's like their offensive line was a little banged up. Your running back goes down pretty early in the season. Mm-hmm. That hinders something. How I much mean, to blame was the head coach? And that as well. You know, new system for Russell Wilson ever since he comes in the NFL. Last year was his first losing season in the league, and then you come in this year, and it's just an absolute disappointment, again, to use that word. But I think there was just a lot of change for Russell Wilson, and I don't know how he handles it this offseason. I mean, he's got his cheesy line where, you know, like, we're already back <laughs> off to Offseason starts today or exactly, whatever. Exactly, like, yeah. da 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 like, whatever. <laughs> But like they still have weapons. I mean, it's just maybe it is just okay. Let's bring in a new head coach with an offensive scheme mm-hmm. that's set to work around Russell Wilson. I don't know how that. If they bring in Sean Payton, but I'll probably change my tune. <laughs> I, th- I feel like you if know. you're Sean Payton, though, like I don't want to come in this division. Mm-hmm. Like, in, I don't know. Is that our head coach was thinking that? Like, I don't think so. I think that you, if you're Sean Payton, you probably think you're better than Andy Reid, and he might be. So you're not like, yeah, I'm going to steer away from that. Yeah, uh, You can find somebody in every division where you're like, oh, don't really want to deal with that. You know, the AFC East, Josh Allen, no, yeah. don't really want to deal with that juggernaut right now. The AFC North, Joe Burrow, don't want to deal with that. AFC South, you're probably okay going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all right. <laughs> the Jaguars? Yeah, I'll go there. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think that any head coaches would steer away from it. Uh, I think a lot of people probably embrace the challenge of, okay, They've been the top dog. And the Chiefs, Chiefs have been really good for a long time. It was it seven straight AFC West championships? Uh, six, I believe. So uh, that's a long time in the NFL to be that dominant. So I don't know that we're going to see that change anytime soon. And, you know, again, we're here. We're in Missouri. I've seen a lot of it this week of, like, the Chiefs are becoming the bad guys. Yeah. Very, very quickly. With, and it's surprising, too. They've only won one Super Bowl. So with Tom Brady and the Patriots, it's like as soon as they won that second one or that third Super Bowl, they became like a big villain. But we're already seeing that with the Kansas City Chiefs. And it is it is kind of weird, but I guess you have to celebrate it. They're becoming the villain with one Super Bowl. And oddly enough, Patrick Mahomes is becoming a villain to a lot of different fan bases as well. Yeah, and it's mainly with the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills fans like that are just mm-hmm. kind of coming in over the top with it. and. I don't know if it's because of what just happened at the end of the season where Buffalo and Cincinnati's game got, you know, four or was listed as no contest, so they missed out on possibly getting the one seed, and of course it falls into Kansas City. So it's fans it's easy for fans to go, Well, bloke, there's the NFL helping the Chiefs out once again. As a lifelong Chiefs fan, 
I can tell you right now, they've really not gotten a lot of help from anybody in terms of success for a very long time. Now, if there's a little bit kind of leaning their way, I'm kind of okay with it. It's like, thank you. It's kind of like we've we've spent our time in the doghouse. Let's have some fun up here in the front. I think like some quarterbacks will get some calls that go their way a little bit, just like we see in the mm-hmm. NBA. But I definitely do not buy into the NFL helping any team whatsoever. Yeah. I, I think there are some teams where they're like, all right, we want to get you – um, to a better stadium or something like that, or your quarterback's really good. Let's put you in prime time. I don't think that they're doing anything to be like, oh, hey, you know what? Chiefs game this weekend. Make sure you help out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, give you him know? every call you want. <laughs> right, and I, you know, I can remember again. I, we crap on Chiefs fans a lot, but I feel like we can because we are two of them. They are also the worst about like thinking that everyone's against them. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm bad about is like being annoyed with the same consistent call that I see the Chiefs get that other teams normally don't. Like for some reason with Kansas City, I think a lot of it is just like they always get like a holding call in the worst part of the game. And, it's, and I, I'm not even blaming the rest for that. It's just like why in the world is our coaching so bad that we continue to be in these situations where it's like just holding the back of the end zone and we'll deal with the flags. Like no, motherfucker, don't because then they're going to score. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also every fan base. Yeah. Even, you know, I can remember Chiefs fans being like, oh, the NFL loves Tom Brady and the Patriots. But you talking about the guy that they suspended four games for some flat footballs? <laughs> no, they, they do not love Tom Brady. That's the one where I actually think Roger Goodell did not like the Patriots. Well, he, yeah, he was sick of it. Yeah. yeah. You like, know what? You're sucks. done. Yeah. Like, that, that is one that I, to me, it's not even a conspiracy. I think Roger Goodell hated the Patriots. <laughs> That's Maybe just still the truth. does. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of the Patriots, how about the AFC East, where, honestly, pretty good year. Yeah. I mean, Every team in that division, I, I think, was pretty good, almost even exceeded my expectations. They're pretty exciting. I mean, even like looking at the Jets, like, hey, you get a consistent quarterback in there throughout the whole year. Who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. Defense so quickly became one of the best in the league. Robert Sala is up there for, you know, coach of the year. was in the middle of the year, and then it kind of took a dip. But uh, I think the future is bright for the New York Jets. It's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason. Do they go after a quarterback? What do they decide to add to their offense or defense? And then how do they attack the draft? Because there's a lot to build on for the Jets, but it's just like, okay, hey, we clearly have our the correct foundation pieces in place. Now what are we going to build from here? That's what I'm excited to see for them. I mean, if they, if they would have hit on Zach Wilson, this is a Super Bowl caliber team. I mean, like he that sounds that kind of ridiculous to say almost. Jump, you know, the, we've seen with a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. These guys could have been in the Super Bowl. I, so I, I do think it's an exciting time to be a Jets fan in this division. And, you know, with the Patriots, they've decided that they're going to try to hire an offensive coordinator. Well done. About damn time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you lose one and say, yeah, Matt Patricia's got this. He's been a head coach before. Not yeah. a very good one. Yeah, he probably knows football. Oh, has he been on the defensive side mainly? Yeah, but now yeah, let's try it out. And Mac Jones they- has to be the happiest person on earth today. Right, thank God we're actually getting an <laughs> offensive coordinator in here. You almost tanked my career in year two after a rookie Pro Bowl season for yeah. Mac Jones. And he looked good the last couple weeks of the season, but it took the whole season to reach that point where your defensive coordinator or whoever was calling offensive plays at the end of the year was like, we're going to put you in good positions here to have some success. It just took (laughs) 15 weeks. Sorry about you. Yeah. So hopefully that happens. I I honestly, I think Belichick is a very good coach. I think he's one of the best coaches. It doesn't mean he's perfect. Yeah. 
And that decision to not bring in an actual offensive-minded coordinator was one of the dumbest things I think he's ever done. <laughs> Outside of drafting Nikhil Harry. It's almost, like a, it's almost a little arrogant of you to think mm-hmm. that you can get through the season without an, a true offensive coordinator. Yeah. Like, do you, did Matt Patricia somehow convince you, like, hey, as a defensive-minded coach, I know what the other defenses are going to do so I can call the right plays against it. And it was like, ooh, I'm too good of a defensive coordinator that, like, I was one step ahead of myself. Did he have to interview for this job? That's an interesting question. You know, like, did they they put him through some questioning? Did he have to work the board like these draft prospects do? Was or Bill was Belichick it just, like, just that hey, distracting? Did you have your key card still? Like, okay, we reactivated it, so come on back. We'll find a spot for you. Do you think Belichick was just that distracting and distraught of the fact that McDaniels left him again? Maybe. It was like last time, whatever I did kept him here from going to Hey, sometimes, place. you know, after a breakup, we make some bad decisions. That was Belichick. That's <laughs> right. a bad slum buster, brother. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't, so I, I don't know what happened with him, but I am glad that, for Mac Jones' sake, I'm glad that they're getting an offensive coordinator. I, I don't love or hate the Patriots. I, I feel like a lot of people do. I'm, I don't care. I'm it's neutral. nice to see them return to normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of the normal. That's kind of the word I was looking for there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I yeah. tried to spit out. but Well, and then, you know, even again, we haven't even talked about the Dolphins, too. The Dolphins looked really good at times this year. Uh, Tua looked like an MVP candidate. Battling with the concussions, I, I root for the Dolphins, and I want to see them be good. Yeah. But, what do you – I mean, two teams in this division. What do you do at the quarterback? The New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Do you roll with Tua again? I think you do. You try to make sure he's healthy. Um, I mean, that's clearly three concussions this year. If I were the Dolphins, I would be more worried about quarterback two than Tua. you got to get a reliable backup in there. And Teddy Bridgewater, he's great. Seems like a wonderful dude. You need a backup with Tua that can be ready to play four or five weeks. Baker Mayfield. Maybe. Honestly. like You need a guy that can come in if he needs to and play. And Teddy Bridgewater, he's he's always been injured. Yeah. You put Teddy Bridgewater behind Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's great. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not really going to go out on the field, right? Like, I'm I'm here for the meetings, yeah. not the field. <laughs> here in the team around the locker room. Mm-hmm. We're but with fun. the Dolphins, I, I think they need to bring in a veteran guy who could be out there and go play I mean, something. That's like, what Andy kinda... Dalton. You know, I don't think that he's yeah. going to be starting in the NFL anymore. Go get an Andy Dalton who is going to be really good in the meetings, but also you need him to play. He can play. That's kind of what was so great about having Ryan Fitzpatrick there too, though. Mm-hmm. Where you just kind of go back and forth. And it was a confusion with Brian Flores of yeah. like, why are you doing this with Tua? <laughs> Mike McDaniel's kind of like, I kind of get it. <laughs> Makes sense. Can't really. You know, and, and it's not be anything he did at his own fall. Just, you know, your brain is touching your skull. You're going to have to sit out because of that. Right. And I, I root for Tua too. I hope he makes a, a full recovery. I'd like to see him healthy because he's putting up video game numbers. You know, 400 mm-hmm. yards passing and. Um, there for a little bit with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. I would love to see those two with a fully healthy Tua in year two with Mike McDaniel. That would be a lot, and a, and a quality running back that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, year two Miami Dolphins are going to be very exciting. The problem with this division is the juggernaut that is still the Buffalo Bills just look very good. They go 13-3, and three, obviously, the, the one game that they missed. Even though Josh Allen kind of struggled this year, they still find a way to go 13-3, and three. and that's weird to say, but... I, Josh Allen didn't really live up to the hype this year. And I really like Josh Allen. I, yeah. I know that there are probably people pissed off that I'm even saying that. 
I don't think that he did. Like, he should have had an MVP-type season. He still had a very good season. Mm-hmm. He, but at times, it was a little bit of a letdown. Well, he was there for, I think, like the first six weeks of the season. And then mm-hmm. from about week seven to week ten, I think he struggled with turnovers right there in the red zone where it was kind of just some silly plays. He lost him the game at that one point, you know, where he goes to the press conference. And he's like, well, when you have a shitty quarterback play, you're not going to – it's really hard to win football games. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about himself there, and, you know, we praised him for that as well. But – like there was just that little you know slump right there in the middle of the season where things were just kind of inconsistent and questionable for them, but now like they're back on a roll, and now that they're playing for Demar Hamlin as well, who I'm just gonna kind of throw this out there, he's been discharged from the hospital, which is great. You absolutely love to see and hear mm-hmm. it. If he leads that team out of the the tunnel, yeah, on I saw Saturday or Sunday, the whenever they play, video of him going home, yeah, it looks really good. So like. I worried about what kind of state he was in. I know I, I saw reports that he was like up and he was walking and he was himself. He actually is. Yeah. He, it is legit. He is up. He's walking. He's mm-hmm. good. He is his, himself. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that if he is, you know, any part of that, this team is really rallying. You know, like we saw even against the Patriots, you know, the opening kickoff and, and things like yep. that. Back to Josh Allen, though, he had five games this year where he threw two interceptions yep what point of the year was that if you have the weeks right there uh it, so week one he threw two interceptions but then he had a little bit of a stretch week eight week nine and week 10 yep. he threw two interceptions all three weeks in a row and then into the season uh, week 16 also threw two interceptions and then week 18 threw one more interception so he did he had a little bit of a run there where he was turning the ball over he had six interceptions to just three passing touchdowns so he, he struggled, and that passer rating dipped a little bit in those games. If I'm the Buffalo Bills or one of their fans, I'm obviously not concerned. <laughs> yeah. you come back, you have another <laughs> really good year. And he lost his offensive coordinator as well, mm-hmm. and Brian Dable. So it was a little bit of a learning curve there. Still very happy to have Josh Allen as my quarterback. If I were a Bills fan, I don't think you have anything to worry about, especially in the playoffs when he can really get loose and – use his body the way that he does, that he is somehow an underrated runner. Yeah. He does not get the credit for being such a good athlete and runner. And he's fast, too. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget this guy's, what, 6'5", almost 250 pounds? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, if I'm a DB, I'm making a business decision. I'm going for the legs. And Josh Allen's like, watch me hurdle you again. Like, he's just, he's not scared. He's too small. He is scary to tackle. Like, Josh Allen is a presence, and that's what you need in the playoffs. Everybody knows, like, hey, the best team in the playoffs are the teams that can officially or effectively run the football. Josh Allen can do that at times. That's how mm-hmm. they almost beat the Chiefs last year in the playoffs because every third down, Josh Allen either threw a touchdown or converted it with his legs. Mm-hmm. It was tough to watch. It was a fun game to watch. But, like, Josh Allen the Buffalo Bills with, you know, Dem- or Hamlin coming back from the hospital and being a part of this team, if he's on the sideline in any way, shape, or form, that's just going to be another level of adrenaline and just focus for this team that is going to be scary. Did you see the report where during the opening kickoff, they said that DeMar Hamlin set off like every alarm in the hospital because his like his vitals jumped. I didn't see that. That's incredible though. Why are you letting him watch the game (laughs) is what I'm questioning. This man just went into cardiac arrest and then you're like, Hey, watch this football game. It's not like me or you watching a football game. No. This is something he's like invested in for his career. <laughs> and they were like, mm, yeah, you can watch That's the fine. game. <laughs> Man, I did not hear that. That is kind of scary, though. <laughs> yeah, I so, can imagine doctors being like, what like is going off. on? Yeah, you know, listen to it on the radio. Don't watch it. 
<laughs> you know, like, let's take some small, you can listen to it quietly. Turn the TV up to 10, but it's not any louder. Like, don't get excited. I don't know. To me, it was a little bit weird. Josh Allen, though, I was looking up his rushing stats. Josh Allen rushed for 762 yards this year. Wow. And seven touchdowns. That's not been talked about at all. Right? Like, it, he did the same thing last year. Rushed for 700 yards and six touchdowns. It, six touchdowns is the lowest number of rushing touchdowns he's had in his career. He's gone for eight rushing touchdowns, nine, eight, six, and then seven this season. He has 38 career rushing touchdowns. Dang, dude. But we don't talk about him because he doesn't make those big, flashy, exciting runs that we've seen out of Justin Fields or yep. Lamar Jackson. Yep. It's just it's kind of the hard-nosed running. <laughs> Two-yard lower my shoulder, see in the end zone mm-hmm. type of Yeah, play. he's not juking guys and breaking ankles. He's running over. He's a <laughs> Mack truck. Yeah. Know, but he, I do. I do think that he is underrated as an athlete and as a runner at the quarterback position. Uh, obviously, the AFC East still doing very well. And I, I think that they look they look like one of the better divisions this year, especially in the AFC. I would say they're the best division because going to the, NFC, the AFC North, I think the AFC North was a little bit overrated this year. The Bengals, they turned it on late again. Yeah. Yep. The Baltimore Bengals, just been so hurt. The they whole started year. they started so hot and then it's just been like so inconsistent, like wishy washy snip snap the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you somehow find a way to have a winning season again, Mike Tomlin. And then the Browns, you you had Jacoby Brissett the majority mm-hmm. of the season. You weren't supposed to be good this year. I mean, NFL made sure of that. Respectfully so. Yeah. But I do think next year you talk about best team like best division in the AFC. I don't think there's any reason why this one shouldn't be. Yeah, like going forward, they have you have two really good teams in the Bengals and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mike Tomlin, and then you have a Browns team that really should be good. Like a full offseason with Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and this team and his receivers, and then a full season next year. Yeah, that might be a team to put some money mm-hmm. on. This division next year is going to be tough. It's, it's going to be interesting to, to see how with. Kenny Pickett looks in year two as well. Full-time starter, no yeah. question about it. You're the guy leading the way. Right. And just get him some help on the offensive line. And get Najee Harris some help yeah. on the offensive line. I think that the weapons around Kenny Pickett are good enough that he can be good in the league mm-hmm. if you get some weapons around him. I still wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. <laughs> but I think that Mike Tomlin and the offense can make him look pretty good, and you can win games with him. If you get an opportunity to get Derek Carr – if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, do you do it or do you ride with Kenny Pickett? I would. I just I still don't really like Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So I would. And you know, other teams too. The Jets are another team that we had talked about before. I would be after them. If I if I'm the Jets, I'd be going after Derek Carr. I still think he's got a lot of really good football. Yep. And he released a statement uh today too, that talking about he's still got that fight and that urge to win a, a championship. Yep. And I almost think I'm a big chip on your shoulder guy. I think Derek Carr can be really good because I think that he feels pretty slighted by the Raiders. Kind of pissed, like, oh, yeah. you're getting rid of me? And you're going to go Watch. from black and silver to black and yellow? Ooh, it's going to be a pretty <laughs> slow transition. Yeah, and like you said with the Browns, uh, Deshaun Watson, creepy bastard off the field. Really good quarterback when he's on the field. Yep. And I think that we're going to see him get more comfortable back on the field and in a new offense, in a new organization. I think the Browns can be really good next year. I, I, it's going to be weird. If one of these teams has a losing record, one of them probably has to, just by the way that things go. 
But I will be surprised. Like I would have a hard time picking any of these teams to have a losing record next season. <laughs> I'm not picking the Steelers. I can tell you that. I mean, you might as well walk <laughs> yeah. in that bet the rest of the time. Mike Tomlin's a coach. Losing yeah. season? Nah. Uh huh. And then you know the Ravens too. Uh, need to talk about them. Lamar Jackson and what's going on with? Are they keeping Lamar Jackson? I feel like that's. It almost seems silly to ask, but realistically, like. He had to come out today with his own statement, like, hey, like my leg and my knee is not stable. I right. am not okay to play. And I, I think that this, too, I think this is a big deal of him coming out and making a statement on his own. of Like, yeah. hey, the team might put something out and question, like, why I'm not playing. I'm going to get out in front of this and tell you why I'm not playing. Yeah. It's because I had a grade two uh, sprain. Yeah, I think it was UCL sprain is what he said. PCL. PC, excuse me. UCL mm-hmm. is your elbow. My bad. Yep. And so his knee still has inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee is not like 100%. Can't go this week. Hopefully I get that chance again. And we kind of talked about it last episode too, and at first I was like, this is a weird move like by Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But, you know, going back to what we talked about last episode too, he's got a future to think about. And going out there and playing when your knee is not 100% healthy – just look back at RG3. Oh, 100%. You know, when he went out there and he played when his playoffs. knee wasn't ready. Yep. Tore it to shreds, never made any more money in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this isn't you like living your high school glory days out of like, oh, just um, play one more, last chance. No, Lamar Jackson is 25 years old. Yep. He wants to get a 10-year contract in the NFL. Probably. He is Stetson Bennett's age right now. Like, <laughs> yes. Plenty of NFL career left. <laughs> yeah, so like I understand this, and I, I get it, and I support him sitting it out. Uh, because I'm sure that this seems really important, and a lot of people are going to be pissed off that he's not playing, but he has a future, a long future to think about, and he can't go out there and tear up this knee and then you know, live on a, a franchise tag or anything like that. So I, I get it, and I support Lamar Jackson in this. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. I, do you franchise tag him and then trade him? Yeah, like, franchise. You, is this Lamar Jackson? Let's say he says, I'm done. I'm done in Baltimore. I'm enjoying my time here. Mm-hmm. You try to get me to play while I'm injured. We can't figure out a contract negotiation. I'm done playing games. Me and my mom are out of here. Trade me. Deuces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Houston Texans right there, too, being like, we'll give it up. Yeah. No receivers, but <laughs> he doesn't have it anyways. Right. He's been used to that in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I root for the chaos, so it would be cool. Yeah. Like, we even talked about it with some of those older quarterbacks. Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, what's he going to do? Russell Wilson, he's mm-hmm. leaving. How about a 25-year-old quarterback that has an MVP season being like, no, I'm good? Boy, that would be a hot commodity. And then it's like Aaron Rodgers comes out of nowhere. He's like, you know what, actually? I think I'm done here, too. The Aaron Rodgers ending in Lambeau was weird. It really, really was. I don't know. I don't remember what player it was that came and asked him to swap jerseys, but he's like, I think I'm going to hang on to this one. Oh, really? Like, I didn't and that was his that exact words. Like, I think I'm going to hang on to this one. Yeah, it was just... And then his walkout with Randall Cobb, like the cameraman tried to get in front of him, and he, you could tell he literally grabbed the cameraman and was like, hey, stay behind us. Like, mm-hmm. Let's just have him over because I, clearly it's Randall Cobb's last season, mm-hmm. and Rodgers had to beg him to get there. And you get to this point where it's just like, maybe you both just ride out on the sunset of leaving Green Bay. Randall Cobb, your career's probably over, but Aaron Rodgers, where yeah. can you possibly go? Mm-hmm. Somebody would love to have you. If yeah. he ends up in the New York with the Jets, that could be a lot of fun. It, I... I... Like said, with the moving on, I don't know that it's like a for sure he's going to retire or be a Packer. I could see him coming out and be like, hey, I'm actually, I'm forcing my <laughs> He follows Brett Favre's footsteps and goes to the Jets. God, <laughs> that'd be hysterical. Yeah, one season with the Jets. Now nah, I'm going to retire. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cousins is gone? 
All right, yeah, I'll go to the Vikings. Dude, that'd be incredible. <laughs> and then here comes Jordan Love, wins the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> right, we're talking about him as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever yep. after like one good season. <laughs> the Packers have done it again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. It was weird though. Um, the AFC South, they're just bad. They're, I think they're the worst division. In football. I almost want to say, like, you're excited about the future, what these teams are going to be. But at the same time, I'm really not. Because Only I've if watched you're a the Jaguars Texans. fan. Yeah, I mean, Jaguars, that's it, though. And it, it mm-hmm. took all season to get to this point, understandably so. Like, last year, you had to deal with Urban Meyer. But, like, looking at the Houston Texans, this is going to be the third time I've seen them go through a rebuild since I've been paying attention to football. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, I'm, I don't care anymore. It's like, cool. When it happens, it happens. Because it's clearly not anytime soon. You keep hiring coaches and firing them. You get a quarterback. He's a creep. You get rid of him. And then when you look at Tennessee, it's you have Mike Vrabel as a coach. You're probably moving on from Ryan Tanhill. Malik Willis clearly isn't the answer either. Derrick Henry's got to slow down at some point. Your mm-hmm. defense is good. And the Indianapolis Colts, for the love of God, go draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Find a way to go get C.J. Stroud. Yeah. This division might be the Jaguars for a while. And good for them, really. Yeah. I feel like that almost made me sound a little teary eyed there when I answered that. <laughs> but them, man. I love it. I love it so much. I do too. I'm with you. I'm not teary eyed, but it also it's crazy. Jaguars went nine and eight this year. It's like it wasn't that good of a season. <laughs> yeah. They did make it to the playoffs. In a really, really bad division. So congratulations to the Jaguars. Maybe slow down just a little bit. You didn't you weren't that good. I don't know. You got Doug Peterson now, Trevor Lawrence. I think maybe this is like just a really good thing for their their confidence. Not to make everything an analogy about dating, but it's like you landed a girl that was a little bit out of your league, but she still wasn't special. Now you're kind of feeling yourself. Yeah, but now it's like you got to look at Doug Peterson as the ultimate wingman because he kept hyping him up. Like, just believe, just believe, just believe. It's like your wingman being like, hey, man, you have a shot. And then you land her, and your buddy's like, oh, shit, he did land her. Doug Peterson's like, oh, shit, we actually did win the division. Let's see what happens (laughs) now. Oh, my God, he did it. Uh, I find myself rooting for the Jaguars as well. There are not many teams I root against. A lot of teams that I do root for. I would like to see the Jaguars be good. And I do. I do think that they can be good in this division. I, I think when we look at these games and you look at the schedule, good luck uh, dealing with teams that are not in the AFC South. Yeah, You're going to face the Chargers. That's a pretty damn good football team. Say you win, you move on, and you start looking at some of these other teams that are out there. Yeah, you play Kansas City next. <laughs> and you go play like the Bengals or the Bills or the Chiefs. And maybe it's just those three teams. Those three teams, honestly, might just be on a tier of their own right now. Oh, without a doubt. And, like, even with the Chargers, I could see them just kind of rolling in and almost just having the mindset of, like, man, it's just Jacksonville. We're fine. Mm-hmm. When, like, yeah. they shouldn't. Like, I've, I don't – and maybe it's just the way I think they probably view themselves. But like, the Chargers have just have never lived up to the expectations that are set for them. Mm-hmm. And this feels like this could be one of those games where they do overlook yeah. and really disappoint. I mean, the Chargers, we talked about them a little bit already. They went, like, 10-7 and seven this year. Mm-hmm. Even that is a, is a good record, and it's – probably something you should be proud of, it feels like a little bit of a letdown for the Chargers. Yes, and like even looking at Jacksonville this year, their defense, they've numerous times they've forced turnovers and scored off of them and put themselves either back in ball games or in a position to win the like to just straight out win the game. Mm-hmm. They did it against Dallas. They did it at the end of the year against Tennessee. The defense can score points, and if you're you know, Justin Herbert and you're making mistakes, which we've seen him do at times where you just kind of make an errant throw, it's like, whoa, there goes Jacksonville. 
Yeah. Dude, Trevor Lawrence has to have – I don't want to say a flawless game because that's really hard to ask for, especially in the playoffs. Every team right now is good. But you cannot play to make like you plays. did the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, he's uh, you can't be like the game manager, oh, I'm still young. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to You're going to have to let that play. puppy fly, like air mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, I, I would say honestly the same with Justin Herbert. We've seen him do it before, mm-hmm. so he definitely could. But it is, it's going to be a, a battle between those two quarterbacks. Let's go out west to the NFC side of things where I think this is the most just disappointing yeah. division in all of football. We talked about the AFC West, a lot of disappointment over there. You have the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, go 5-12. and 12. And your coach is probably done. And he might just, yeah, he might just retire and go to TV. The Arizona Cardinals, huge disappointment too. <laughs> Ended up firing their coach. They finished four and thirteen. I know Kyler Murray was injured. It's still, it's a very disappointing season for both of those. And the 49ers, I guess you feel really excited about it. They're on a ten-game yeah. heater right now. Thank you, Brock Purdy. I still don't think they're that good. I don't know, man. Every time I think the 49ers aren't good, they end up being good. I'm just such a like the skeptic. year, the year they made it to the Super Bowl. I was like the 49ers, like whatever. Even mm-hmm. last year, they beat Dallas, right? I'm yeah. the first person to jump off of a bandwagon. I'm the last one on. <laughs> I am just. I am not believing in this Brock Purdy stuff. I think the 49ers. You won 10 games. That's cute. Congratulations. Your point differentials through the roof. I'm not buying it. I, I just I don't. I, it's their defense I'm worried about the most because they're just relentless. Like they just they don't make mistakes. I could see the Seahawks rolling in this weekend and being like, yeah, like like you said, you it, like, a, surprise them and be like, oh shit, these guys are going to play. Yeah, even though they're in within the division, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Pete Carroll had a comment earlier in the week where he's talking about you know the success of the season and everything like that. And he's like, you know, but unfortunately, you know, we play the 49ers this weekend. Kind of like almost coming off like, ah, oh, probably going to lose. But then everyone's like, hey, that's just like, you know, that's, she's just kidding. It's just kidding. Like, don't mm-hmm. take him serious. Like, no, duh. Like a head yeah. coach in the NFL is going to be like, oh, you know, unfortunately we're going to lose this weekend. That's not his mindset. Yeah. That's reverse psychology. He's trying to trick you guys. <laughs> Let his team know, like, ah, oh, hey, boys, like, you know, that's what everyone's saying. Kind of said the same thing. It's going to get your guys, Pete Carroll's an old head. He knows how to get his guys motivated. Yeah. It is going to be interesting to see how close that game is. I think it needs to be one close or two blowouts. Some people might hear that and be like, no, duh, that's how yeah. football works. <laughs> I am that But, person. like, <laughs> like, just realistically with the Seahawks and 49ers, are like, those always end up coming down to the wire. Yeah, like, those I, two I think teams it's always play game. so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think that the 49ers, maybe they start to overlook a team like the Seahawks. Again, it is within the division, so that's going to make a little bit of a difference. And I do think that Brock Purdy still – thinks he has a lot to prove. I don't think Brock Purdy is reading the you know, the newspaper clippings and be like, nope, I've made it. I'm the guy yeah. here now. So I, I think that he still has a lot to prove in this offense does too. And they won 13 games. You don't win 13 games by accident in the NFL. Yeah. And I just said, you know, they, they these teams always play each other close. The 49ers won this year 27-7 one game, and the next game was 21-13. to 13. Not that close. Not that close at all. Let me just go ahead and get my <laughs> foot back out of my mouth. <laughs> that, isn't that the crazy thing about the NFL too, though? 27 to 7. You see that score, and you're like, blowout. Yeah. <laughs> That's a three possession game. <laughs> it won, yeah. It 100% is. That's one of the things that I hate about the NFL. It's like, that is a blowout. You know that if you're losing by 14 points in the fourth quarter, you're just not going to win that game. Well, in college never football, said never. <laughs> it's like, oh, 
No, buckle up. Fourth we quarter, could fumble we at the goal line. <laughs> Even watching the national championship game, it's like, oh, 31 to 7 at halftime. Let's see. Let's hang out. Let's watch it. You yeah. never know. It, ass whooping. I should have left in the beginning of the fourth quarter, but then there's that part of me that's like, maybe Max Duggan finds some magic. At that point, I was just watching to have it on. It was, yeah. I've never seen an ass whipping like that before in a playoff game. Yeah. Like, even watching TCU players, like, walk off the field, they didn't look that sad. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's like, yeah, you were sad at halftime. Like, at this <laughs> point, you're just, you've accepted it. Like, yeah. I'm dead. Who's that guy <laughs> for the TCU? I'm sure there was because there's one on every team. Whatever they did in the first half, we can do in the second half. Like, you're trying oh, to rally man. the troops, you know? It's like 38-7 yeah. to seven or whatever the score was. I think that they accepted defeat early in the third quarter. I think they did it. Which is when they should have. Because in the fourth quarter, Georgia started putting in the freshmen. And I mean the start of the fourth quarter. And they still scored (laughs) with ease. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here's their fifth string running back. He just scored a touchdown. (laughs) Stetson Bennett flexing. Mm -hmm. Stetson Bennett getting loose for some rushing touchdowns. Uh, Georgia and the San Francisco 49ers remind me a lot of each other. Really good defense, really good running game. Quarterback? Eh, he's getting some attention. <laughs> he's not that good. He's getting some attention, and he's winning football games, though. Uh, other teams within that division, though, the Seahawks, I, I thought they were great this year, too. I mm-hmm. I will be rooting for the Seahawks in this game, mainly because of Pete Carroll. I just love that man. Yeah. I'm rooting for the Seahawks, but I just know the Niners are going to win. And maybe that's they a kiss should. to death. And if it is, I'm sorry. They should win this one. Uh, the NFC East, shockingly good this year. I, I, th- these teams get crapped on a lot. Uh, people never give the Cowboys credit. The Cowboys went 12-5, and five, and people are still making jokes about, like, Dak Prescott and them not being good. Or mm-hmm. I always see on Facebook, like, memes about them not being able to score and things like that. The Cowboys were good this year and went 12-5, and five, and it feels like they're still not clicking as much as they should. Like, you got to fire McCarthy. It's not yeah. working. Just pay Sean Payton whatever he wants. And this team is immediately a Super Bowl favorite. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys lose this weekend to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They play on Monday night. And the the reason I say that is because Dak Prescott has not looked good this last month. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I know your last game was against Washington. Some people might be like, hey, it was a throwaway game. No, just da-da-da-da. I don't believe that. Like, it's it's an NFL football game. You're playing to win. You looked bad. Mm-hmm. You've looked very inconsistent all year long. Your defense has kind of bailed you out at times, but like I just, I don't get it with Dak. I want him to be so good, and I want him to be the guy. And just when you start to think he's climbing out loud and he's going to be that guy, he just falls off. Yeah, throw three interceptions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they, they could be beat by the Buccaneers. I just, I would never doubt Tom Brady. Yeah. They could turn it on. Like honestly, I don't think there are many teams in the NFL that just get bored. I could see a Tom Brady-led football team getting bored with the regular season and then be like, all right, playoffs. I had a buddy. You know, like you do in the NBA. Teams like, seeding, whatever, don't care. Playoff time. All right, let's play. Turn it on. I had a, our, our guy Damien sent me a message. He was like, hey, Tom Brady wants eight games to so let everybody know he's about to go win his eighth Super Bowl. And I was like, I, you know, man, I wouldn't put it past Tom. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. maybe this whole season is like, oh, I went through a divorce, da 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 Just like let me just uh-huh. confuse Let everybody. me chill for a second Yeah, and still sneak into the playoffs. And then beat the Cowboys on national TV. Uh, the Eagles, obviously, were very good. Uh, we've been talking about it a lot this season. There were so many people that are like, this is the best team on paper. Guess what? 
Best team on the field, too. Yeah, hey, 14 uh, and 3. I don't know what I was looking at at the beginning of the year, but I'll tell you, I was wrong. I kept saying I, I was very, very strong in my opinion. Of like, I just don't see it with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And it all started with Jalen Hurts. I was wrong. I can admit that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's another team that I'm, sh- I'm man enough to do that, to be like, hey, I was incorrect. And they obviously, they're going to get the bye. Um, we'll see what happens with them. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts comes back and he's healthy because I, I like this offense when they mm-hmm. are healthy. I really like both those receivers that they have, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yep. The two running backs that they have, Miles Sanders, low-key, had a really good season this year and did not get a lot of credit or attention mm-hmm. for it. Which is interesting, especially with the amount of success the Eagles were having. It's like mm-hmm. everybody talked about Jalen Hurts, respectfully so. Yep. But it's just like, yeah, Miles Sanders just yeah. he gave the, the ball and he was making plays. Offensive line got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders just didn't. I don't, I don't quite understand why he didn't. Uh, the New York Giants? Nine seven and one, big surprise for me. And big Brian Dayball guy, I like yep. him a lot. Uh, they outperformed what I thought they would, especially with Daniel Jones at quarterback. And then even the Washington Commanders, eight eight and one, not a single losing record in this entire division. That's tough to do. And again, you don't win that many games in the NFL by accident. So I, I very impressed by what this division did. This might be the best division in football. Yeah, I mean, it was like three or four years ago, someone was winning this division with a 9-7 and seven mm-hmm. record. Yeah, and we were talking about it's definitely the worst division. <laughs> Just so unfun to watch. Yeah, now it honestly, I, I think it record-wise, two really strong teams, it might be the best division in all of football. We'll see what kind of noise they make in the playoffs with two teams, three teams in the playoffs yeah. uh, this year for the NFC North. And then the, or sorry, the NFC East going to the NFC North, though, the Packers were really bad this year, and I think it brought down the entire division. Because even like the Vikings, I'm questioning now. The the Bears were just not good at all. They yeah. have the first overall pick. The Packers missed the playoffs. They're eight and nine. The Lions, they are kind of the outlier of this division. But you you did really well. You impressed me this year. Uh, Dan Campbell impressed me this year. Now, you have people out there talking about Jared Goff. I do we keep him? I think I I don't know though. Like Ben Johnson he, was your offensive coordinator, I believe. I yeah. think he's taking interviews to go possibly be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans interviewed him today. I I don't know how much that hurts you going into next year. You, like I, even Aaron Glenn, I think, took a head coaching interview somewhere. Who's their defensive coordinator for the line? Yeah, probably going to get some interviews for these guys. With Jared Goff, I think you keep him for another year. You might as well. You're already paying him a bunch, mm-hmm. bunch of money. Don't get rid of him. Yeah. But even if you land in a really good situation where maybe you can get a young quarterback, do it. If not, kick that can down the road a little bit. Yeah. See if you can make a run at a guy like Caleb Williams or uh, Drake May or you know some of these other guys that are going to be coming up. I, I think Jared Goff showed that he can – he can win games. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl with the Rams. Yeah. You just got to put him in the right position. You got to let other guys go make plays. And, you know, sometimes he can he can get them the ball to go do that. People aren't talking enough about the fact that Jared Goff had the season he did and Sean McVay might be leaving football. <laughs> That's Who's a laughing very now? solid point. Who's laughing now, and Everybody Matt was Stafford? saying, too, like, oh, Jared Goff can't win on the road. He goes and wins on the road. Can't play in the cold. Wins in the cold. It's just like... Well, he's got to wear two gloves to do it, and you can't throw the ball that far. Who freaking cares? They won. Like, I, stop finding reasons to just shit on Jared Goff yeah. and just appreciate the fact that the Lions are relevant in the month of December and now January. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're sitting here looking at the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and once again looking at Aaron Rodgers have a disappointing end to the season. I really like the Packers. I've never had a, a problem with their mm-hmm. fans at all. I have some friends that are Packers fans. 
I despise Aaron Rodgers so much that I like. I think it's funny that they're out that they lost. Mm-hmm. They have a losing record. If I, Jordan, Lo- if Aaron Rodgers retires and Jordan Love comes in and starts next year as a Pro Bowler, I'm going to look like a Packers fan online because I'm going to be just like <laughs> retweeting stuff, liking it, sharing it, being like, "This guy is awesome. Look at this throw off platform. Oh, and also he's good in the locker room." I just. Nothing against the Packers. I hate Aaron Rodgers so much that it makes them hard to root for. And I, I like Aaron Jones, like him. AJ Dillon, like him. <laughs> so a lot of the guys that they have on defense, I like them. Yeah. I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. I've never had an issue with Aaron Rodgers, but I think I can from the outside looking in on this relationship. It's it's toxic. You can't go into this offseason with Aaron Rodgers once again and going like not really sure what my future holds. Yeah, you can't. He can't do the Brett Favre thing. Like at some point, Packers, you got to stop letting him gaslight you, and you got to put your foot down, and you got to say, "I'm done with this. I'm ready to move forward with my life. I'm tired of you holding me back, yeah. pointing around with me." I'm speaking from experience here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, you laid it on pretty thick. And then if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else and has happiness and great success, so be it. Fuck him, but good for them. <laughs> Am I gonna hurt that a little bit? Am I gonna be a little bit? Yeah. But whatever. And then the Maybe Bears. he gets a ring somewhere else. That's okay. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, oh you're ring chasing Aaron? Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Could oh, get one with me. In there, too. <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears, first overall pick. I still think they're in a good spot to be in. See what happens with your head coach. Give him a, a year or two. Justin Fields, I still can't believe that people are like, oh, should we draft Bryce Young? I, Justin Fields, I stick with him. Was, I knew this was going to happen. I'm sorry to cut you off. The Bears are going to be like, should we get a quarterback? Like, maybe should we just battle? Because someone's going to be like, they're going to get a quarterback? Mm-hmm. We, like, you're going to have some stupid GM or owner that's like, we have to go get ahead of them. It's like, well, we can't. We'll trade them. Trade with them so we can go get our quarterback. Oh, yeah. They definitely will. They, <laughs> hopefully the Bears are able to redeem what they did in the 2017 draft, where it was like, we moved yes. up one spot yep. so we could get Mitchell Trubisky. Uh-huh. I told uh, one of my friends who's a Bears fan, I was like, they, the Bears need to dick somebody just like they got dicked <laughs> a couple of years ago. And if they can somehow put out a narrative to like, oh, will we take a quarterback? Like, that is the dumbest play. It works, though. Yeah. It's like when guys pretend they're not interested in girls. And then it's like, boom. All right. Now Why don't you like me? <laughs> well, one, you talk like that. <laughs> so I, I'm excited to see what happens with the Chicago Bears. I do think that they should trade back. And they will convince some team of like, yeah, we might. We might take a quarterback. But what would you offer us if you wanted to come up and, and let's just like hypothetically, <laughs> let's say we don't take the quarterback that we love. Uh, what would you be willing to trade us? I would love to see the Bears trade back a spot and then trade back again and just have like four first round drafts. Yeah, move back to like three, four, or five. But sit there and say, no, so, our guy's still there. We'll move back again. You hit on those picks. Like don't don't Raiders of this thing where you get all these draft picks and then you miss on all of them reaching for guys that you shouldn't be reaching for. I would like to see the Bears be good. I've never seen them be really like a good dominant team. They were mm-hmm. in the early 2000s with that defense. Yep. But even then it was like you had Rex, Rex Grossman at quarterback. So I knew they were good. They made it to a Super Bowl, but they were never feared. Yes. And, you know, I grew up born in 1987, so always hearing about the 85 Bears. Like, this is probably the greatest football team ever. Never had the chance to see them or yeah. see them be good. That was 2 BM, 2 before Melo. Yeah, uh, so I, I would love to see it. Uh, the NFC South, everyone sucks in that division, but Tom Brady is still the best. So, like you said, I would not be surprised at all if the Buccaneers came out this weekend, had it just an outstanding performance in the playoffs, and then the narrative changes of like, okay, they turned it on. Brady's back. He's refocused. He's no longer bored in the regular season. Yeah. 
I, I could see this Tom Brady led team doing that. I've questioned it before, even with the chiefs of like, Oh, you're complacent. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to just turn it on the bucks. I think are different. It's like it's because you have Tom Brady. Like he knows, like, hey, I'm not just going to turn this on. I'm going to crank this as high as it's going to go, and we're going to let it just sit there for a little bit. Yeah. We're going to wait till this engine almost blows. What was it 2020? We said the Chiefs were complacent, mm-hmm. and I worried about them being able to turn it on in the playoffs, and they they weren't able to. I also think they were relying a lot on Patrick Mahomes. One hundred. It was it was the Jordan era. Like oh, we're just going to stand back and let Michael hit the shot. That, that the was game. the defensive mindset. Like. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. Tyron, or you guys, Tyron Matthew. I tried to defend him. Just got to a point where I couldn't anymore. But yeah, but with the Buccaneers, I think it's it's different. It's not okay. Let's go rely on Tom Brady to win this. It's okay. Now we all need to turn it on. And two weeks ago, we saw you know Mike Evans have an incredible ball game. Huge, like what, three big long receptions. Tom Brady slinging the ball down the field. If you're Diggs for the Cowboys, or like you're Tom Brady looking at Diggs on the Cowboys, like yeah, we can bait him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a stop and go type of route. Because he's going to come bite on this. I'm up on fake it. And then Mike Evans, you just see on the other side. Yeah. The Buccaneers are going to find ways to score the football. They, yeah, they this just, roster. They are. Tom Brady has way too much experience. And just, he's too damn good. Mm-hmm. It's a veteran roster. I I really do. I think that the Bucs are one of those teams that are going to get to the playoffs. And then they are going to turn it on. Yeah. I don't think there are many teams that can do that. I've already convinced Tampa myself that the one. Bucks are going to beat the Cowboys. <laughs> so when it doesn't happen, I'm going to be utterly stunned. Right? Yeah, just sending praises for Dak Prescott then. Uh, <laughs> other teams within this division, I think they're all just terrible. And they yeah. all are kind of rebuilding, but definitely need to like embrace the rebuild. The Panthers fired their head coach. They still went 7-10. and 10. Probably need to keep their interim coach. But you got to find a quarterback or a situation. Maybe you are confident with Sam Darnold going forward. They are rebuilding, but the fact that they won seven games this year is pretty damn impressive. Uh, and I agree. And Carolina, please keep Steve Wilkes as your head coach. Like, you have momentum heading into the season. The players are clearly bought into him. There's a great connection there. Don't do what the Raiders did and fire an interim head coach to bring in a new guy and it disrupt everything. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at – like, you can look at that example of the Raiders if you're Carolina and be like, okay, hey, let's, let's see what they did wrong and let's see what we can do right. And go with it. I believe we talked about this Sunday. It was like, you know, they even they moved on from Christian McCaffrey and they had so much success this season. Dude, I like we I think I they were even, better running the ball after McCaffrey. McCaffrey crazy. for the 49ers was fantastic. That's a great fit. Mm-hmm. The Panthers didn't lose that trade. They did not. And like that's what you want to see for like if you're a Panthers fan or the Panthers front office or even their owner, be like, whoa, we just trade away a star player in so the league. You're paying a lot of money. And we got better. Yeah, but I mean, uh, again, the 49ers are looking at that trade too, thinking, man, we won this trade. Oh, like we got it. a difference maker. So I, I think it's a win-win for the Panthers. You got rid of a lot of cap space, but you were able to still find success in the running game. So pretty exciting for the Panthers. The Saints, on the other hand, blow it up. I mean, you got to go get a quarterback, and you got to mm-hmm. find a way to stay healthy. I mean, maybe blow up your athletic training department and just be like, "How can we keep these guys healthy?" Even, even with guys like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, yeah. I would shop them. I, I would see what you could potentially get for them because I just don't think that this is going to be a good football team anytime. I don't soon. feel like they're bought in anymore. Right, like there's nothing for them to be excited about. Yep, and they're kind of they're both kind of on the back end of their career. It feels like I feel like Kamara's a little bit younger than them. Maybe I'm thinking. But still, like, at some point, you got to have something to look forward to for the Saints, and there's just not been anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know that either one of those guys who had immediate success when they got to the league with wins mm-hmm. 
I don't know that either one of them is going to be super bought into a rebuild. And that's not a slight against them. I know no, totally no understand there. They might just be better off in a situation where they can go win games like Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Go to a team that needs you and you can win football games. I think the Saints need to do, they need to blow it up. And the Falcons, they've kind of already blown it up by, you know, getting rid of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and stuff like that. They need to probably embrace it as well. Yeah. And figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. Is Desmond Ritter your guy next year? Yeah, you're going to move forward with him. Even with Ritter, it's such a weird situation because who do you bring in with him? You either have to bring in like a good Derek Carr type quarterback. But if you bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield, that's not going to be good for him, for Desmond Ritter. So you almost have to embrace it very soon of like, okay, are we giving this guy a chance to be our starter? If so, we're going to bring in a Chase Daniel type backup that's not going to compete for the job. We're going to roll with him for a year. Because if you do bring in a guy like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, whomever, to compete for this job, then you're really just you're punting on another season. And I agree with you. I think if you're the Falcons, you almost just want to keep like just let Ritter be the quarterback, and whoever you bring in as a backup, just be like completely relevant. Like there's no name to it. So like Chase Daniel would be mm-hmm. a perfect example, right? Because you just you have the veteran leadership. He's going to be a great locker room guy, but that's it. And yeah. I don't mean to steal exactly what you're saying, but like Desmond Ritter is an older quarterback. You know what I mean? He was a senior in college. He had success there. Just let him come in and just let him. Just lead and figure yeah, if you, it out if and you then add to your team in other areas. Comfortable with him starting games this year. Roll with him for a year. Yep. And if it doesn't work, okay, now you really know we need to find a yep. quarterback. And stay with Arthur. It's Arthur Smith, correct, their head coach? Mm-hmm. Stick with him. Like, give him another three years here. Don't just be like, well, if you didn't figure out with Desmond Ritter, he's toodaloo, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to some of the NFL hardware and giving out our awards for the season. Let's start with the easiest decision to make which is mvp both of us going with patrick mahomes yeah mm-hmm. uh, so last year they did or the year that he won it they went with the M- hashtag MVPat. Mm-hmm. i think this year they should go hashtag MVPat two like pat mahomes too you know, yeah just, no i got it yep that was pretty clever i think so sure go for it uh i'm all about it i i think this is a lot like the last two years when it was just obvious, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this. Maybe even more obvious. The yeah. man broke the record for total yards. A lot of it was passing, but total yards. And still had, like, 45 touchdowns. To me, this is a no-brainer. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, if you vote for anyone, if you have an MVP vote this year, and you vote for anyone that's not Patrick Mahomes, take their vote. This might be a silly question. Has there been a unanimous NFL MVP before? I'm sure, sure there has. Don't know the answer. I'm sure that there has. No. Uh, what about defensive player of the year, though? Who are you going with for your defensive player of the year? So I kind of I went through and did my list, and I realized we, we matched on a lot of them. So I really just kind of went through and picked out the names to make sure that we didn't match. But this guy does deserve some respect as well. But I went with Michael Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. It's, I picked Nick Dude's Bosa. Dude's a stud. I mean, it just, he, does, he does it all. So it's, it's hard to argue mm-hmm. on why he should be a consideration for that. He's great on the field. He's great off the field. I mean, I don't know what more I can say besides the fact that Michael Parsons is just Michael Parsons is one of my favorite players in the NFL. And, like, once he really figures out and gets to hone in on a position, mm-hmm. because even coming into this year, he had 13 and a half sacks. But I still don't think that he was able to embrace the offseason of, okay, I'm a pass rusher. Yeah. You want me to work on pass rush moves? I mean, he was probably still working in the offseason, dropping into coverage. And the, the thing is, too, with some of his sacks is, like, 
the quarterback thinks that he's not coming off the edge. Like, oh, okay, like maybe he's going to drop back. Boom, here he freaking comes. But he's so fast that by the time you get your head back around, there he is in your sack. It's game mm-hmm. over. And yeah. he's so good at chasing guys down. Like That's the most impressive part is that he's going to get you when you're thinking you've escaped the pocket. And you just hear, is that what I mean, that's exactly what he sounds like. What is it? One more time. Yeah, I think that is. I remember hearing that on TV. I went with Nick Bosa, who had 18 and a half sacks this year. He might just be a terrible person off the field. I don't really know. I he <laughs> looks like a douchebag. Is that <laughs> is that did I go <laughs> bring that I, out of I one hundred percent agree though, but I was not expecting you to say that. Like he just looks like a guy who would do something shitty off the field and be in trouble by the police and we'd be like can kind of tell by the Do you know who my dad is? Oh, one, he is 100%. <laughs> but at guy. the same time, he's six foot four, 265 pounds. I will pounds. also say this about both Bosa brothers. I hate listening to them talk on the sideline. They, talk, they sound like I honestly don't know if I know what Nick sounds like. They sound like congested dumbasses when they talk. Mm-hmm. Like, especially uh, Joey. Joey? Yeah. He's like, yeah. man, I just want to go home and play video games. Now, I, I've said a lot of shit about That's Nick a Bosa. lot to say, and I am sorry, because I bet they're really nice. I was going to say, let me praise him for a second. Nick Bosa might be the best-looking man in football. If God was like, hey, you know what, Melo? Sorry. You can pick one person's body, and we'll just take it, and you can have it. Might be Nick Bosa. Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good game to play. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know. I think my... My first answer would be LeBron. You'd want LeBron's body, but you know what? LeBron's six foot nine. Like you're, yeah, like you're walking around and you're getting funny looks. Nick Bosa's six foot four, and he's absolutely shredded. But like he's, he's thick shredded too. Yeah, LeBron is really lean, very. So he's gonna get some weird looks. Nick I, I Bosa, can tell you right now, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd be happy if I had Patrick Mahomes' body, but I don't think that's the one I would want. No, I'm not choosing that body. No offense. Yeah. He, looks, he just always looks chunky, but he's not. <laughs> he's skinny thick. Yeah. Thick with Nick two Bosa? C's. I think he might be the best looking man in be, football. Oh, that might be a good answer. Christian McCaffrey would be a good one. Yeah. He's short, though. You're, you're losing. I, I would be. You're yeah. losing height if you go with Christian McCaffrey. Damn. Let us know in the comments. Tweet at us. Who's the best body in football? You had to choose. At the time, Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. But he even was, now, Clay Matthews was 6'3", 250. If I looked like that at 6'3", 250, fucking game over, pals. Uh, Saquon even Barkley? With the hair, give me the hair, too, please. thing about Saquon, though, he's also short. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't deal with those quads all the Miles time. Miles Garrett? I feel like that'd get in the way. Arms are too long. Here's a weird thing. Miles Garrett, though, that guy's got a tiny head. He does. He's a little head. It's like he should weigh... 200 pounds. He's so broad. But he weighs 280 pounds. The, the thing with Miles Garrett is his shoulders are – I can't believe we're here right now, but look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? His shoulders are so big that it makes his head look small, and he's so broad in his arms. The dude scratches his knee without even leaning over. And people think we judge women hard. Yeah. Listen to us talk about some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ugh. no, I don't want Patrick Mahomes' body. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or LeBron? Pff, no, too lean. That's not what I'm interested in. Oh, being six foot nine, walking around like a giant? No, give me six foot four, two sixty five. That's That'd be pretty solid. That's what I want. Nick Bosa. If I could choose anybody's body to have, it's Nick Bosa. Also picked him as my defensive player of the year. <laughs> Offensive player of the year. We went with talking about handing out hardware, huh? What hardware would you like? 
went with Justin Jefferson for Offensive Player of the Year. I, I think they had a great year. We're probably never going to see a receiver win MVP. He can have Offensive Player of the Year, though. I think he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, both of us going with that one. Rookie of the Year, I went with Kenneth Walker. Just because... Pretty good fantasy draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been. It would have been. Do you, are you ready to talk about it? Because I've been thinking it for a couple weeks. Go ahead. Yeah, I messed up. With one draft pick, shut. one singular draft pick, you selected Kenneth Walker and then said, nah, I'm good. I'll take Jamal Williams, who are maybe two of the best fantasy running backs this year. And hey, you I took them Jamal with Williams. one pick. I had Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift on my team, and I dropped Jamal Williams. <laughs> You know how many touchdowns he scored this year? It was like 16. A lot. He led the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He broke the Lions record for most touchdown rushing touchdowns. He, he broke Barry Sanders' Oh, I was going to say, oh, do they have anybody historically good? <laughs> mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? No, not on fantasy. He dropped him. It's I didn't think they would go to him in the red zone as much. You have DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Swift is almost a guy like... I would probably steer away from him. I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, he'd let he me really, down. Yeah, he he hasn't lived up to the hype a lot. He catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, but clearly they're going with Jamal Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did go with Kenneth Walker as my rookie of the year, though. I Offensive. Went with, I went with Garrett Wilson. I uh, thought he had a pretty good season. Nice, no, pretty good. <laughs> he had a great season with the New York Jets. Uh, three different quarterbacks throwing you the ball throughout the year. You still find a way to get over a thousand yards. That's impressive. Chris Olave kind of came a second for me with this because he also had a thousand yards receiving. Mm-hmm quietly great season in New Orleans as well with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston as your quarterbacks, you know, with a random, a random someone else don't need the football. You know what's crazy about these receivers this year? For the past two years, we've looked at the draft and said, historically good. One of the best receiver groups we've ever seen. We didn't say that this year. You've got two receivers that went for over a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. You've got guys like Christian Watson who didn't go for a thousand yards, but was very good. Yeah. This is a very good and receiver. Jahan Dotson is another name that the Commanders traded up for to get, mm-hmm. or I should, I don't know if they traded up, but they they drafted him early, and everyone's like, "Ooh, why?" Oh, that's why the dude goes out and makes plays. This receiver yeah. from Penn State. Yeah, solid receiver class this year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Sauce Gardner. I he's he's maybe one of the best corners in the league. I'm talking like top five top three yeah with the I way mean, he played this year just stellar too and like even if he is like caught slacking he's got enough speed to catch up and arms long enough to, get the in there to break up the ball like it's just incredible it's so fun to watch uh, another guy though that i'm with is aiden hutchinson i mean to come in and just make an immediate impact like that for the lines on your defense and then their other edge rusher whose name is slipping my mind so i apologize also rookie just as good a season i mean the lions aiden hutchinson at edge good for them Aiden Hutchinson, sneaky good body. Oh, that might be my answer, actually. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, that might be my answer. You go for Nick Buss, I'm going for Aiden Hutchinson. Who's better Plus, looking? Plus, I think the, the eye black on the one eye. I was going to say, who's better looking, Aiden Hutchinson or Nick Bosa? Definitely Nick Bosa. Aiden Hutchinson's got that <laughs> little dumbass look to him. but <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I feel like Aiden Hutchinson just looks like that guy that sh- isn't that athletic. Like, he's got the body type for it, but you look at him and you're like, that's eh, whatever. It depends like, on your Ooh. type. Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's maybe a little bit nicer. Maybe, and I don't know that he is. He went to Michigan. He almost looks like he's a little dumb. Yeah, yeah that's what But, like, he's sweet. He's nice. He's going to treat you right. <laughs> Nick Bosa, arrogant, Fuck confident. Boy. Yeah. But, man, you can show him off to your friends. <laughs> look at him. What a talking. weird show. 
Uh, I I relate to Aiden Hutchinson more, so I think that's who I'd go with for the body type, too. Okay, and as your defensive rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, I'm giving it to Geno Smith. And I, it's, I it's love what Geno was able to do this year. He's not coming back from any big injuries or anything like that, but also the just big F you to Russell Wilson. And be like, hey, I'm going to take your spot. And I'm going to break all your records, too. <laughs> Without a doubt. Like, and just <laughs> that, love it. Way to go, Geno Smith. They wrote you off, but you didn't write back. Still one of the best lines I've ever heard in a post-game interview. Uh, for me, though, my comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, just due to the fact that I felt like people really wrote him off and just, eh, hey, Giants, take him super early. He's not really lived up to the hype, can't stay healthy. Just what's going on here? Contract year, I think that plays a big part in it as well, though, but mm-hmm. – for me, comeback player of the year, I think he's really rejuvenated his career and shows, like, when I'm healthy, I am a difference maker. Yeah, and then coach of the year. Uh, you're sticking with those New York Giants. I'm going to stick with the Giants, go with Brian Dable. To yeah. come from – or just to have the balls to leave Buffalo and Josh Allen and say, I'm going to go take over the Giants with Daniel Jones and receivers that can't stay healthy, a running back that can't stay healthy, an offensive line that was questionable last year after they fired their offensive line coach – they got a little bit better. We're going to draft a kid pretty early in a defense. I feel like it's been all over the place. Brian Dable found a way to put it together. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, I talked about it with the Jets. It's like you found the correct foundation pieces. Now how are you going to build on it from here? I'm very excited to see what both New York teams do this offseason. Yeah, and for me, I went with... Or should I say New Jersey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not the Bills. <laughs> the true New York team. I went with Nick Sirianni leading this team. There, were, there was a lot of support for him. And like we said, best roster on football. There are also a lot of people out there, you and I included, saying, eh, I don't know. I, so I don't think it was the roster. I, I think that he did a phenomenal job as coach, so he's going to get my head coach of the year award too. I, I think that he did one hell of a job. And you know what? Hats off to us. I think we did one hell of a job. It took a really weird turn. Nick Bosa is the best-looking man in football. Who? Uh, which coach's body would you want I can tell you who it wouldn't be, Andy Reid. How about this one, Mike Vrabel, Robert Sala. Yeah, but you got the bald look, man. Just give me a staircase run up and it's down. Just, it depends on what you're looking for. Like at that <laughs> age level, I want to work out, but I don't want to be like doing it every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in the Mike gym. Mike Vrabel's like, I've already been there, done <laughs> yeah. that. I'm yeah. six five, ready to whoop some uh-huh. ass. Right, like yeah, I'm strong. I'm in a good enough shape where it's like, if I want to practice with the team today, I'm going to, and I'm going to win. Mike Vrabel has functional strength. Robert <laughs> Sala is ripped. 100%. Yeah. You, know, you, you see those guys walk to the dumbbell rack. Vrabel's grabbing 90s. Robert Sala's probably gets. Robert Sala is that you shredded know? linebacker that's not playing. Yeah. He's probably up there. I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to talk about Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach anymore. That's all point. I couldn't deal with that. Or though. Sean McVay. Sean you know, Cliff Kingsbury looks good with sunglasses on. You take him off, and then you're like, I don't know which eye to look at. I'm sorry. That's really rude to say. That's Cliff Kingsbury. We really shouldn't judge people by their bodies so hard. We should not. I have zero hair (laughs) on my scalp. Here we are. Uh, Yeah, let us know uh, who you think the best-looking man in football is or whose body you would like to have. Uh, I'll stick by my answer. Final final answer, I'm going with Nick Bosa. Aiden Hutchinson. His quads, man. I just – I have big – yeah, it doesn't matter. Big quads. Mm Mm-hmm. Solid votes for both of us. All right, we appreciate you guys putting up with us. Uh, the randomness was back. Uh, I feel like we've been missing that for that a while. It was a good episode. Uh, we'll be back at it again on Sunday, breaking down uh, the playoffs and everything that happens there. We thank you guys for joining us, and we'll talk to you.